Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. We just wrapped up a series. Uh, if you didn't get a chance uh, to check it out, it was called Thank God No Matter What. And it was a question mark. And so we did that for four weeks finding ways that we can be thankful. And so if you didn't get a chance to hear those or you missed one, you can go to faithcity.tv, click on Michigan campuses, camp, oh, campuses, I'm speaking by faith, Michigan campus, and uh, just click on messages and you'll see all four weeks there so you can go back and listen. So I encourage you to do that. But today I have a one-off message and I'm really excited to share it with you this morning. It's called the joy of giving. Say that with me, the joy of giving. Can you believe it's December 2nd? I mean, like, that's crazy to me. I texted somebody about eight days ago, and they just got back with me last night. You have friends like that? Like, you text them, and then, like, eight, nine days later, yeah, what's up? You're like, it's too late. I was in a ditch. I ne- anyway. No. That's my joke usually with my wife, right? <laughs> Good thing I wasn't laying in the ditch, you know? Anyway, he texts me back. I was like, wow, where you been? He's like, man, I've been so busy. And he said this, he says, it feels like I literally was teleported from September to December. And I thought that was cool. How many feel that way? Like this year is just going fast. It's just moving, right? Do you know that Christmas is only 22 days away? Did someone say shh? Now, for, for those of you who really want to know, Christmas is about 22 days, 14 hours, 19 minutes, and about 17 seconds away right now. You're welcome. Someone's stress level just went from about here to here. But that's why I want to talk about this this morning. You know, we have the beautiful decorations and we celebrate. This is probably my favorite time of the year. I love the fall for the colors, but I love Christmas. I just love the, the lights and just the warmth and the family and the fun of getting together and being family. Because how many know that our lives are all about relationship? When we come to the end of our life, the one thing that really holds value is the friendships and relationships that we have with people. But as we come into this season, I want to talk today about the joy of giving. I want to talk about our motivation for giving because it's so very important, not just for Christmas, but throughout the entire year. So we're going to talk about today, the joy of giving. Let's look at Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 20, and the apostle Paul's talking here. And he says this in verse 35, he says, in everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, now listen to this closely, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I think that works well with this season, right? How many have heard that before? It's better to give than receive. It's more blessed to give than receive. Let's sound really holy. It is more blessed to give than receive. Say blessed. Wow, it just seems so holy when you say it like that, doesn't it? But it's more blessed to give than to receive. And then in Acts chapter 20, going down to, let's look at 33 actually in the message version. I love this. Eugene Peterson puts this beautifully. It says, I've never, as you so well know, had any taste for wealth or fashion. With these bare hands, I took care of my own basic needs and those who worked with me. And everything I've done... I've demonstrated to you how necessary it is to work on behalf of the weak and not exploit them. Now look at this. You'll not likely go wrong here if you keep remembering that our master said, you're far happier giving than getting. 
So there's this theme that runs, I believe, through the scriptures about giving. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave. You see there's this correlation between love and giving. And I believe that's what brings true joy when we give. So giving carries with it an attitude. And your attitude comes from the source of your giving. What is the motivation for your giving? What is the inspiration for your giving? Or is it just obligation? Let me ask you a question. How many have ever been under the weight of debt? No, don't want to raise your hand. Anyone been under the weight of debt? I believe that we really feel that weight when our finances change. Someone gets cut in pay or they lose their job and all of a sudden those things you were paying for, those debts, all of a sudden you start feeling the pressure because it gets really tight, right? You remember that car when you first got it, how much you loved it? And then about the third payment in, you're like, you suck car, right? But it wasn't the car, it was the payment because we're in debt. Now, listen, this morning is not gonna be a message about how you can be smarter with your finances and budget, although I think that's important. I know, listen, Pete, Pete's like, come on, tell him, tell him. (laughs) But I just want us to try and remember, what did you feel at that moment? Just close your eyes for a minute. Remember a time where maybe you found out your spouse lost their job and all of a sudden, the weight of it all, the house payment, the car payment, the credit cards. You started feeling that weight. It started to press down on you. You felt that pressure of debt. You felt that pressure of owing. Have you ever owed someone money? Even 30, 40, 50 bucks, right? And and you walk into a room somewhere and they're there and all of a sudden that weight hits because you know you owe them and you don't have the money. Doesn't that stink? Don't you hate that? And and then you feel like, oh, they're talking to so-and-so right now. I bet you they're talking about the money I owe them, which they probably aren't. They probably don't even remember that you owe them the 30 stinking dollars. But because you owe them, you feel obligated to pay them back. You have this sense of debt, this weight on you. It changes your relationship. I bring up this idea of debt because in many religious circles, we feel some kind of debt to God. We feel like we owe God. You know, it might go like this. Well, look at everything that God has done for you. So what are you going to do for him? It sounds good. It sounds religious, right? You know, Jesus died for you. So you really need to try hard to live for him. Sound familiar? Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with with being thankful and doing things for God because of what he's done for you. There's nothing wrong with saying, wow, Jesus, you died for me. You showed me what true love looks like. And because of that, I want to follow you. I want to live for you in this life. But sometimes I think we make the mistake of feeling like we're in debt to God, like we owe God something. But what is the motivation? What is the inspiration to do so, to give? I think this is important. Is there joy in our giving? Because when we give, if there's not joy, then something's wrong. Something's off kilter. And I think we need to assess why that is. Are you conscious of some debt to Christ? Do you feel obligated to give? Do you feel like you need to give until it hurts? So giving because you feel obligated is a form of bondage. And I want us to see that this morning, that God gave. In fact, it says he gave his son, but what's interesting is on the cross, 
Do you know that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself? God was there. He didn't go anywhere. This is beautiful. I mean, God allowed us as humanity through the way that we live, through anger and hatred and murder and war and retribution, he allowed us to kill him. We committed deicide and he let it happen. Why? He demonstrated what true love looked like. And God also showed us something through the resurrection that we weren't living right. And so he wants to awaken us to who we truly are as sons and daughters of God so that we don't walk this life as orphans, but as sons of the Most High, of the King of Kings. That's who we are. And so he wants us to see it that way. But it's important that we see that God, out of his giving, it came out of his love towards us. See, giving out of obligation is not giving. It's just paying down a debt. Think about that. Giving out of obligation is not giving. It's just simply paying down a debt. And guess what? There's no joy involved in giving out of obligation. The notion that we have a debt to Christ or that we could even begin to pay it, I believe, insults the spirit of grace. Christ died to set you free, not bind you with a debt you could never repay. Jesus didn't come down to this earth, display what love looks like, give himself up so he could say, you owe me one, buddy. Now again, when I see the love that God has towards me, it causes me to be motivated in different ways. And so I see the needs of others. I want to worship and glorify him because he's been so good to me. So I'm not trying to take away from that. But what I'm saying is some people who have prayed the 37-word prayer called the sinner's prayer, they still have not really received salvation. What is salvation? Deliverance, preservation, rescue, safety, healing, wholeness. It's a process in life. But if we walk around thinking that we owe God something for what he did for us, we're completely missing life. And what this does, it will change how you give. It will change how you see God. It will change how you see others. What is the motivation? Obligation or inspiration? That's what we're talking about today. Now, again, what I'm not saying is that we can't have a sense of thankfulness. We can't have a sense of gratitude. In fact, I believe that our giving should always come out of gratitude and appreciation. Amen? So when we give, when we do, we, we see how good it is, and so we give out of that goodness and that love, and then it becomes this real joy in giving. But I think a lot of times we struggle with that around this season, around this time. So why give? That's really the question. Pastor Andy, are you saying that giving doesn't matter to me? Why would I give? If it's not to pay God or it's not an obligation to Jesus, then for what reason would we give anything? Well, let's look at this example that Jesus sets for us. In Hebrews 12, it tells us that Jesus gave his life for the joy set before him. Do you know that joy was you? Now, what he went through on the cross, I don't believe was very joyful. But he gave And he received joy because he knew what he was bringing forth. He was reintroducing humanity to itself. You know, since the beginning of time, since creation, your destiny, your identity has never changed. But unfortunately, Adam, the first man in the creation story, believed the lie. He believed separation. He believed that God was holding out. He didn't believe that God truly loved him. And so if he thinks that God's holding out, maybe he's got to achieve something himself. 
And even the enemy lied and said, if you eat of this tree, you'll be just like God. Adam should have went, uh, I already am. And so he believed the lie of separation. And that's why Paul says, he says, he says, you were enemies of God. And then he says, in your minds, because it's right here that we think God's the enemy. Do you know that you've never been the enemy of God? That's what Jesus came to show us. Well, I remember in the Old Testament somewhere, yeah, they all had different revelation of who God was, but Jesus came to clear some stuff up. So if you go wandering around in the Old Testament, take Jesus with you. Because you'll start to go, oh, maybe they saw things differently. Okay, I see now. And then we come the other way and go, but Jesus said, how many times did Jesus say, you've heard it said, speaking about the scriptures, but I tell you. You can see why those people got so hacked off, right? Like Jesus, you can't change the scripture. Well, Jesus did. Paul did. Paul would bring the scripture up and he'd, he'd remove all the retribution and the anger right out of it. Wait a minute, Paul, how dare you do that today? They'll, they'll defriend you on Facebook or unfriend you. Is it defriend or unfriend? They'll do both. <laughs> I'll double D unfriend you right now. But I didn't unfriend the apostle Paul. I didn't unfriend Jesus. But see, Jesus was trying to show us a proper picture of the Father's heart. And I think it's important that we see this. So what does Jesus do? He gave his life for the joy set before him, meaning that he did it for us, for his family, for his father, for his brothers, his sisters. Jesus didn't give because he was obliged to do so or because he had this debt to humanity and felt like he owed us this. He did it simply because he loves you. See, his motivation to give was love. Whenever your motivation to give is through love, guess what? Joy ensues. But if it's out of obligation, a whole number of different feelings come forth, right? I gotta do this, so I'm just gonna do this. So Jesus did it for the sheer fact that he loves you, and we give for the same reason. Why? Out of love for others. Or at least that should be the case, right? If our giving to God or others is out of obligation, there's no joy in that. There's absolutely no joy in that if it's out of obligation. Let's make this personal. Here we are in this season right now, and a lot of people, we, we give gifts. I mean, we're probably giving to our friends and our family members, our coworkers, and how about this, our kids? Let me ask this question. Have you ever felt obligated to give your kids. Now hear me out. They come home and say, yeah, you know, Johnny and Susie, their parents are doing this, this, and that for them. And so all of a sudden you get this weight and this pressure like, okay, I owe my kids. I, I've got to do something. I've got to measure up. And all of a sudden we have to measure up to someone else's standard. You know, the most important thing, listen, you can give gifts. I'm not against, you know, material things. You know, you can have material things. Just don't let them have you. But your kids, your family, your friends, they need love from you more than anything else. They need love and acceptance, real, true, genuine relationship. And so we've had years where we just can't do as much as we have in previous years. But you know what? We just love our kids. So if there's someone here this morning struggling with that, like, you know, I got to get my son or my daughter this thing because they really want it. Well, if you can't get it, don't go in the debt over it. 
because you know what? You'll hate that thing in the new year when the credit card bill comes. And for us, we kind of made this standard every year. Like we have an envelope and there's cash and sometimes there's more than other years. And that's what the kids get. The kids are going great. <laughs> but there's years we said, listen, let's, we're not going to buy for each other. And I say, baby, I got so much love. That's all you need, right? <laughs> She's like, no, I want the perfume. Okay. So my love and the perfume. But there's some years that we said, you know what, let's just forego buying gifts for each other and let's just put it into the kids and we'll do the best we can this year. But we're going to have a heck of a time when we get together and we're going to celebrate. We're going to let them know that we love them. We're going to have warmth. We're going to have a home that's close. Sometimes I think we lose that because we're we're so just inundated with, with the commercials and the advertising and everything. And again, I'm not against things, but don't lose focus First of all, why we're celebrating, we're celebrating this season because of love. God is love and he gave. So if you don't have monetary things to give, give your love, give genuine appreciation to people, speak kind words, be good to them, show them love, show them light, show them that they have a father who loves them, who cares for them. Man, it goes so much further than just material things. Amen. So kids don't look under the tree. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. In Luke chapter 14, there's a story of Jesus, and he was invited by this Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a chief Pharisee to his house, and they were having dinner, and Jesus starts conversing back and forth. And at one point here, we pick it up in Luke 14, verse 12. He says to the man who invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors. Now stop there for just a second. Because Jesus is beginning to give a life lesson to this Pharisee. He's not saying, listen, don't invite your family anymore, okay, or your close friends or people with money. You just can't do that. Look at the lesson he's teaching. He says, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return, and look at this, and you be repaid. Now watch this. Jesus is so cool how he brings these things out. He's already dealing with this vicious cycle that we put ourselves in at times. Have you ever bought lunch for somebody? And on the way out, they're like, all right, I get it next time. No, that's fine if you're close. I get that. But sometimes I just want to say, what do you mean you get it next time? I did that because I love you. I care for you. How many have done that themselves? Man, I was the hardest person to give to for a long time. Someone would say, oh, oh, no, no, no. No, you don't have to. And my mother-in-law was really good. She goes, I know I don't have to. I want to. I'm like, yes, ma'am. But sometimes maybe we need to say that to a friend in a gentle way. Hey, I don't have to do it, but I want to do it. You don't owe me anything. See, gifts are given freely, amen? If it's, if it's given and there's some type of monetary attachment or owing or debt with it, well, then it's not a gift. If it has to be earned, it's not a gift, it's a reward. And so in the kingdom, when we give gifts, it's without expecting something back. So Jesus said, listen, don't invite these people who have the ability to repay you. Here's the life lesson, verse 13. But when you give a feast, look at this, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Now, now follow me for a second here. Jesus is introducing the kingdom of God to people. Because in first century Jewish world, If you were one of these people, you were an outcast. You were looked down upon. People wouldn't associate with you. Some people, it was illegal for them to even worship in the temple. 
You're sick, you have leprosy, you're crippled. They would ask questions like, what sin did their parents do for this to come upon them? And Jesus said, it has nothing to do with it. Like he was clearing some stuff up, right? But we have to understand in this time that Jesus is speaking to a Pharisee who he mingled with, you know, the elite, the people, the politicians, the religious leaders, those who weren't considered outcasts. And he's telling this guy, when you give a feast, imagine this guy's brain. Invite the poor. He's like, huh? The crippled? Are you kidding me? The lame? Dude, seriously? The blind? No way. But look at what Jesus says. And you will be blessed. Now this word blessed in the Greek means favored by God, happy, prosperous. See, we think in our minds that if I give and I provide for those who can bless me back, then I'll be prosperous and I'll have favor and give. But God's saying something different here. Take care of the widow, the orphan, the cripple, the blind, those who need. What did Jesus say? He says, when you feed someone who's hungry, when you clothe someone who's naked, when you give a drink to someone who's thirsty, do it on the least of these and you are doing it onto me. See, Jesus was trying to change a culture a society that had levels in tears. And that's why the Apostle Paul, I was just talking to a brother this morning, Apostle Paul, he spelled it out very plainly. He said, there's no longer Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, slave nor free. What's the kingdom? We're all the same. We're all loved just the same. Man. Tell people that story. They might want to listen. Sometimes I think that the world does a better job at charity, giving, and love than the church does. And that's not a put down. I'm part of the church. And I have to assess sometimes, what are we doing for community? And look, it, it starts with each one of us. Just reach out to someone who's near to you. If you see a need, do your best to fill that need. Does that make sense? And so Jesus is presenting kingdom here. And he says this, he says, if you give to these people, if you invite them, you will be blessed. Now, he's not saying that God doesn't favor you until you do it. I believe this, that a lot of times when we operate in kingdom uh, work, we awaken to the favor we have with God already. Because it puts us in a completely different state of mind. But look at this. He says, and you will be favored by God, happy, prosperous. Look at this. Because, this is the reason, they cannot repay you. <laughs> Sometimes the kingdom stuff just shifts right like on his head, right? I'm blessed because they can't repay me. And then he says this, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. In other words, this stuff is eternal, my friends. This is eternal. So when we give, are we experiencing joy in our giving? What is the motivation of why we're giving and doing what we do. So throw parties for the poor and weak. Invite people who can't pay you back. Give to the needy and you will have treasure that never wears out and no thief can steal. This is all words of Jesus. Little paraphrase. Jesus reveals that the joy of giving is experienced in the lives that we touch and the benefits or the fruit of our giving can be enjoyed for eternity. The joy of of giving. Say that with me. The joy of giving. I think it's important that we understand that. 
Again, we're, we're talking about Christmas right now, but I also think this applies to our giving to our Heavenly Father, to our giving to others. We can use this as a spiritual principle too. We're, again, we're, we're around Christmas and the holidays and I get that, but what about through the year when we give to God? Let's make this, let, let's call it spiritual. Your spiritual acts of service, what we do unto the Lord. When we do those things, is there joy in it? Let's not answer out loud, right? There should be. But if there isn't, then it's the wrong motivation. Like I said earlier, some of us, we believe that we're obligated to pay God back. I've seen people with wonderful ministries, with good hearts. Again, I was talking to a brother this morning, and, and we have a family member who he's just so extreme in his beliefs, so legalistic that he doesn't want to hear anything we have to say ever. I would love to sit down and just talk. I think Jesus can sit down with anybody at any time and even agree to disagree because after all, he knows it all, right? But even in the midst of that, I said to my family member, but remember, he's still a son of God. He's still a brother in Christ. So we can choose to walk differently. And even if that person unfriends me or has to say something on every post I put on Facebook, I get to walk in love and grace because that's where he is right now. Does that make sense? Like what a friend of mine said, you know, we can be one of those grace churches, but sometimes if you're not careful, we become grace Pharisees. In other words, if you don't believe what I believe, then I won't hang with you. I look down upon you. And I'm like, well, that's not grace. So you've forgotten the very thing that you're supposed to be representing, right? Talking to myself too. So we get to this point where, listen, we all, we're all going to in eternity stand before God and go, oh, I was wrong on that and this. I think I'm going to have at least maybe three things that I'll be wrong on. <laughs> Bruce is like, no, I've already counted 10 this morning. But we have to understand something that God meets us right where we are. He loves us right where we are. And he wants to love us out of those lies that we believe about him and about ourselves. But it only comes if we're open because love doesn't force itself. So it's important that we see this. Now, in this idea of giving, I look what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. If you're at a point in your life where when you're giving, you're not delighting in that giving, then it's the wrong motivation. Let me say this. Even in church, within these four walls, now sometimes we've got to press through and push through stuff, but if you're doing something simply out of obligation or you feel like you owe God something, you need to step back for a second and say, why am I truly doing this? I'm not saying that you have to step down from ministry for six months. It might just take like, 30 seconds to go, Holy Spirit, reveal to me why I'm doing this. And all of a sudden, your eyes will open to all these people around you. And you'll go, wow, they need your love. They need your grace. They need to see who they are. They're in identity crisis and don't even know who they are. Wow, what an honor. What a privilege to serve in the kingdom. And you know, it's different to serve a king as just a servant who's not family. But it's different to serve the king when you're part of the kingdom. Think about like, you know, long, long ago in a land far away with the kings. Look at the princes and the princesses and all those close to the king, the family members. It was a whole different way of serving their king, wasn't it? 
They even had access behind closed doors when he wasn't on the throne. They have heart-to-heart discussions. That's how God is with us. He's our father, and he loves us. And so it's from this place of his love. His love inspires us to do the things we do. In 1 John, the Apostle John tells us, 419, I believe, that we love because he first loved us. God always initiates. We simply respond. But for some, some of us at some times in our life, we just can't see the initiation. We just don't hear it. And so I'm here this morning to say, God loves you right where you are, right now. Let that love transform your heart. You'll see your actions change and you'll see how you see others change. And all of a sudden, those enemies you thought you had, they're not enemies any longer. It's a beautiful thing. Because talk about a weight and a debt when you hold bitterness and unforgiveness against someone. Not good. Do you want to experience the joy of giving? Then let's reassess our motivation. Is it out of love? Or is it out of obligation? How many want to experience joy in their giving? How many can see how this applies to right here during this holiday season? Maybe we need to make some decisions that we're not going to be obligated to certain people. We'll share love and grace with them, but I don't have to buy an item for them. I'm going to allocate that here and there. I'm not going to go in debt over this because it's not worth it. Jesus didn't come in a manger so we could all go into debt. So let's celebrate the king. Let's celebrate his goodness. Let's celebrate this new identity that he's reintroduced us to in his life on this earth and this father who loves us. Let's make sure that joy is contained in our giving. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness in our lives. I pray this morning that if anyone's struggling, maybe during this holiday season, maybe finances are tight. Maybe there is that literal weight of debt on them. I pray that you would comfort them and give them peace. I even pray for their financial situation. Right now, I pray for financial miracles in people's lives. Right now, in Jesus' name. Someone looking for a job, that door's opening. We thank you, Jesus better pay, better benefits. We thank you that you're even moving on people's hearts now, that you're even Holy Spirit revealing and showing faces of people who need help, who maybe haven't spoken up because they're embarrassed. That we would be obedient and we would give and we would help those who need help. That's the kingdom way. But above all, I pray that the motivation for our giving this season and beyond would be love, would be care for others. And through that, we would experience true joy in our giving. I thank you for every person here this morning. I pray that you would bless them, Heavenly Father. We thank you for your healing and your restoration and for your goodness. I pray that you're even now showing us areas of our life where maybe we need to change our thinking. We believe the lie about ourselves. We believe the lie about you. And you're showing us truth right now in who you are and in who we are. And we can choose by an act of our will to say, yes, I believe you. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace toward me. 
I cast my care on you because you care for me. Any weight that I'm holding on to, I give it to you. And I thank you for your peace. And say this, I receive your peace right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.